conclude our missions month with a wonderful Lord's Supper tonight. What a wonderful way to um, conclude a wonderful missions month with the Lord's Supper. Thank you for the faithful giving of God's people. What a blessing it is to see God's people faithfully given to the Lord. Go to, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and keep your finger there and jump to Matthew 28, 19, okay? So let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is passages that are very familiar to us Christians. Uh, we preach on these passages quite, uh, quite often. And uh, Matthew 21, I mean 28, 19, Matthew 28, 19. Let's look what it says here. But he shall receive, uh, verse 8, but he shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. Let's go to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the world. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this month of October. Lord, it came by so fast, and there we are in the last Sunday of the month. But thank you, Lord, for missions and for the privilege we have to be part of it, to look at the harvest fields and to be part of it. Lord, we cannot go to Japan or, or Portugal or Italy or Spain or even the South America or Africa. But, Lord, someone can go for us and represent us. Amen. Help us, Lord, to see the harvest field through your eyes the way you see it. And, Lord, we, you, see, you said in the book of Matt, the, the Bible, I'm sorry, your word says, when you look at the multitudes, you move with compassion because they were sheep, they were sheep without a shepherd. And, Lord, how many people in this world are in desperately need of a Savior. Help us, Lord, even as a small little church, that we have a tremendous impact on the world, as did your apostles, Lord. They turned the world upside down, and we ourselves can turn our world upside down with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight, we are reaching every nation. You know, what would be your greatest goal for me as your pastor and for you as a congregation for us together to say we have put a missionary in every continent or every country of this world? You say, pastor, is impossible. No, it's not. We are right now with uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We're reaching people in many parts of the world. There are many people. Uh, from time to time, uh, Eric gives me... Uh, a sheet, and I reported to you how many people literally are, are watching and listening our, our services. It is a blessing that we reach people that we don't know. Somebody's getting saved through that? Only heaven will tell us someday. But reaching every nation, that's the title of the message. And, of course, the, the theme has been, go ye therefore. You know, one thing that I, the Lord only passed in my I, I, I put it this way a little bit. I, let me pat a little bit back here. You know, missions is one of the most challenging times of the year for me. You say, why? Because I want to give. I, I, I'm not you know, boasting right here. It's just, I'm being honest with you. I want to give because 
I want to send people out. I want to, you know, I wanted to support missions because I believe in that. I'm a firm believer that every creature should hear the word of God and get saved. I because Jesus said, "Go ye throughout the world." That's a that's a commission for all of us. You know, we can reach our Jerusalem and our Judea. What about the most parts, of the, the other most parts of the earth? We need to reach that. You know, folks, we have this life to live. We can look at the heroes of faith and say they did great. But we were born for such a time as this. This is our time to be lighthouses with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, go ye. And then God give us the power of the Holy Spirit in us to go and, and do it. So, when, every year, like I said, the month of October is probably one of the most challenging months for me in the, in, in the, in the purpose of giving. You know, I, I want to, I, uh, I always pray the Lord, and this day, praise the Lord, I never decrease my giving to missions, I always increased. Oh, some years will be the same, other years, you know what, the Lord puts in my heart, I get convicted, I pray about it, that's why I say, pray about it, what the Lord have you to do. And you know what, when somebody gets saved, it's one of these missionaries gets saved, somebody gets, they lead somebody to Christ, I'm sorry, you know what, is, is to your account, you're part of that. And I want to be part of that, of uh, that great mandate, that great commission is to go. So we increase every year as we do. I just increase my giving again. And why? Because that's what I want to do. I love giving to missions because I know what they're doing. Listen, I came from another country. I know how hard it is to learn a language, to learn a culture, to go live in another country. He said, Pastor, not that bad. Well, go try it. <laughs> go try it and tell me about it after. You know, I came here in 1985, didn't know much English at all, and uh, didn't know the culture, didn't know the people, and it was hard. Uh, my, my, we were here for about a month. My mother got, got extremely sick, went up in the hospital, and here we there tried to communicate with doctors. We had no clue what was going on. Uh, it was very, extremely difficult. Go to work and you don't understand people. You know, people try to talk to you, and you don't know what they say, and you go, huh, huh? You know, it's not like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm dumb here. I just don't know what you're talking about. So it is hard thing to go learn a lot of another language or learn a lot of the culture. And imagine you're going to learn a language and you go nice standing in front of people preaching to them. I feel like I'm a missionary to USA because in English, my second language. Okay. <laughs> uh, my Portuguese is much better than my English, believe me. <laughs> but anyway, so the greatest mandate given to the church by the Lord Jesus Christ, is to reach the unsaved world. Okay? The greatest mandate. Why such a commission, you may ask? Why he didn't tell his angels to do it? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because you and I have a testimony. We got saved by the grace of God, and we can tell somebody else about how the grace of God got to us, and we can share that same blessing with them. So that's the greatest commission, and should be, should be the greatest joy for us to sit down with somebody and tell somebody about Jesus. It should be a great joy. I don't know about you, but I love when somebody mentioned Jesus or something, or Bible. I'm ready for it. I'm just like, I get all excited about it. I don't care where I am. I'm ready for it. And then if they come with challenging questions or try to provoke me, I get even more excited. <laughs> so, there is a place, uh, awful, uh, awful place called hell, where nobody wants to go, but they're going there. And I say this, folks, hell is full of people with great intentions that unfortunately reject the wonderful gift of salvation. 
They reject that gift. They want nothing to do with God. And they will end up dying and find themselves in the place that they didn't want to be. It was Jesus, the greatest missionary that ever walked on planet Earth, and gave us that example for us to follow. So his church, uh, uh, he left his church with the great commission to reach the world with the gospel, with this gospel, the Lord that he gave it to us is demanded for us to go. So, okay, folks, Pastor Crichton said this way, a church that lost its vision for missions lost its vision to its existence. I believe that. You know why? Because... That's what the local church is for. We press against the gates of hell because we belong to heaven. We press on what the good news of the gospel. Reaching one at a time. That's our goal, our goal. Listen, we come to church for what? We encourage each other, right? We encourage each other. We, 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 we uh, uh, pray with each other. We worship together for the audience of one. To God be the glory. But there's the thing here. The Lord Jesus gave us a great commission for us to reach the world with the gospel. And shame on us. I don't care what local church we belong to, that we don't go and tell others about the Lord Jesus. We have to be busy telling others about the Lord Jesus. So a church is to be a beacon of light in its community. It starts in the church and it goes out. Listen, it's not the building, folks. You can put a good steeple there. It's not the steeple. You know, in New England, we don't want a steeple to look like a church. It's not a steeple. You know, it's the people that make that church. That church, when it's together, when they're worshiping together, it's got to be a beacon of light to the world. So church is always to be concerned about reaching people with the gospel. And this is done with all kinds of created ways by its members. This means that everyone that, everyone that belongs in the local church he to be involved in this way, in this great commission given to the church by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you that this great commission was not given to the pastor or to the leaders of the church. Only is given to every member of the local church. So let me remind you of that. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the scriptures tells, teaches us that this great commission is clearly given to every member of the local church. Every member is to be involved on reaching the lost with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, please listen. Not every member of the local church can physically go. Are you agree with me on that? Can everybody goes and go upstairs, up and down, walk down the streets? It's impossible. Some people physically can't go. Okay? But everybody can do something. All right, can you pray? So let's pray to the Lord of the harvest as he, he tells us so. That he send what? Labors into his harvest. Those who can go. So Lord, let me pray for the harvest fields and for those who go. And so you send more. So every missions conference, not necessarily, but every time we get together and having this focus on missions... Our goal should be, Lord, help me so I can do more. Help me, Lord, and remember throughout the year, just remind me that, Lord, I'm praying for more missionaries to go because the world needs the word of God. I'm telling you, if, listen to me, if the church would be very proud, I'm talking about not just this church, every Bible-believing church would be so proactive for the cause of Christ and sharing the gospel and go and reaching the world, how many more people will be saved? Seems like many churches are lacking on this thing. Backing up, I'm lacking on this. No, we need to be careful that we don't forget what the Lord Jesus has told us to do. 
So to reach the laws for the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to have the mind of a farmer. We ought to tilt the ground, prepare the plant, put the seeds, water the seeds, so that plant can germinate. And then we can go get a harvest. And the Bible says a harvest is plenty. Just look up. It's right there. So folks, we have, done a, we have a job to do, a mission to accomplish, and a, and a king to obey. In obedience to the, to, the, uh, to the Lord, East Bay Baptist Church, we as the members of East Bay Baptist Church, we are, have to strive to reach the lost with the gospel. Okay, so in order to do that, we need to, to, to gather as one in unity of mind and heart, try to reach every nation. So how do we do this? Let's look at this from several points tonight, okay? Number one, if you have an outline, you want to follow the outline, there is a serious rescue. There is a serious Look at Matthew 4.18. Uh, it says, and, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon, uh, called Peter, and, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway, straightway left their nets and followed him. As we look at this passage of scripture, the Lord approaches these men with a practical, in a very practical way. He says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Let me get it this way. Do you think they got it? Yes, they did. They knew what catch fish means. I said, you follow me. Instead of catching fishes, you're going to catch men. I'll teach you how to do it. You know what? And they did. Now, you may not, not be thinking, I'm not a fisher. You might be thinking, I'm not a fisherman. Never fish in my life. I don't understand anything about fishing. The point is here is that if you know how to fish, it's not how, if you know how to fish or not, but that God can use you to accomplish a greater purpose. You see, we don't have to try to be someone else in order to be used of the Lord. We will, he will use you though just the way you are, and he can use you for his glory. You say, only if I'm like pastor, bold like him, or if I'm like so-and-so, or like so-and-so, I can reach people for the Lord Jesus. You know what? Your temperament, the way you are, you are the right person to reach certain people. I am the right person to reach certain people as well. You see, you know what Paul says, to the Greek, I'm a Greek, to the Gentile, I'm a Gentile, to the Jew, I'm a Jew. What are we saying there? I adapt myself to them so I can reach them. Letter A, we see the master's invitation. Follow me. The Lord is not in the business of forcing anyone to follow him. He simply invites and leaves the decision to each one of us. He commissions all of his children to participate in the harvest, but he doesn't force anyone to go. Actually, he makes a prayer request to, uh, to each one of us to pray to the Lord of the harvest, to God the Father, to send forth labors into his harvest. God, you know, God puts the, the call in your heart, but ultimately you have to make the decision. Okay, so you're in the store. And the Lord says, give a track to that person. Go talk to that person. You can say no. You can walk the other way. You can use a thousand excuses. Why not? And you walk out the door. You never did it. Ever done that? You already did. Did you got the call? Yes. Did you obey? No. You see, it is a, a the Lord right here to his disciples, he says, follow me. He invites them. And they followed him. 
And he, of course, in Matthew 9, 38 says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Listen, folks, God is calling people to follow him every day. But you have a will. We have a will. Am I going? Am I not? I don't want nothing to do with this. So several things about this. When you go, it involves time. It involves great effort and labor. It involves commitment. It involves boldness to go out of your comfort zone. And when we put all these things into perspective, many are called, but few are willing to go. When they think, well, time, labor, commitment, boldness, and they walk back instead of walking forward. Now, is God calling people today? Yes, He is. Number two, or letter B, the master's job description. He said, follow me, and he describes the job. I'll make you fishers of men. Our job description is a first responder, so to speak. We are the, in the business of rescuing you people from the harm of total destruction. Let me put it this way. I don't know about you. This, maybe it's just me. Aren't you glad you got saved? Aren't you glad somebody took time to actually open the Bible or led you to attract whatever that was to the Lord? I'm, I am grateful. I'm forever grateful of that. That somebody took time, opened the Bible, and patiently showed me from God's word how I could get saved. I'm forever grateful. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful. You know, I wrote a letter to that person. I did. I wrote him a letter thanking him to lead me to, God, to the Lord. I said, you know what you have done in my life. Many years ago, I wrote him a letter. I said, thank you so much. You didn't save me, but God used you to lead me to, for, so I could go to him. And so we, in the business of, uh, we are in the business of rescuing people from harm and total destruction. We are in the rescue mission, so to speak, working hard to prevent people from harming themselves. Now, listen, please. Most unsaved people are ignorant to the fact that they are in danger of hurting themselves. Most unsaved people don't see the urgency of turning to God. Most unsaved people are too busy consumed with the affairs of life and that, uh, that they are about uh, to, to, I'm sorry, that they are about of eternal life. And, and that type of uh, uh, a mindset will lead them to total destruction. Listen, they don't wake up and say, I'm going to die today. If I die, I'm going to hell. They don't think that way. That's not a normal human being thinks. He doesn't think that way. They wake up, they go about their lives, they go on and on, and, you know, and that's the way life goes for them. They're not thinking like, uh, they probably, you know, most of them think, oh, I'm going to die of a good old, old age. That's what they want. That's their mindset. God is not in their thinking. You see, it's our job, it's our duty, our privilege to go and tell them, hey, listen, you keep walking on that road, you know, the road's going to come to an end, and there's an abyss there, you're going to fall in. I'm warning you before you get there. You know why? You don't want to go there. It says it is our responsibility, or it is the responsibility of first responders to be committed and determined to do the job that our commander in chief commissioned us to do. So, number one, this is a serious rescue. You know, giving the gospel to people is a serious rescue. People need the Lord. Number two, there is an urgent rescue. Uh, actually, go to Luke chapter. Um, I mean, Matthew 22, 9. Go to Matthew 22, 9. And I read you Luke 14, 23. It says, And the Lord said unto a servant, Go out into the highways and edges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. 
And Matthew 22, 9 says, Go ye therefore into the highways, as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. And verse 10 says, So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together, all as many as they found, both bad and good, and, and the wedding was furnished with, many, with guests. So we may, we may uh, uh, many times don't give much thought to this matter of reaching the lost, but it's an urgent uh, urgency described here in these verses. There's an urgency. Why? Because people are dying and they're not going to heaven. That's a reality. And you say, Pastor, this is too much. I, I, this is overwhelming. I cannot reach all this world. Listen, the apostles didn't reach all the world. We reach one at a time. That's what we reach, one at a time. You know, we go here, we tell about Jesus. We go there, we tell about Jesus. Go here, we tell about Jesus. You know, you reach one at a time. Not everybody's going to respond, correct? Our job is not to save people. Our job is to tell the good news. You follow that? Our job, God does the saving. Our job, we are the servants of the Lord. We have a message to share, and we go and tell the message to people. They want to reject it. It's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to tell them. What they do with the news that they receive, that's up to them, not us. You say, but Pastor, how often I go? As many opportunities the Lord give you. How many times are you going to tell the same person? As many times the Lord tells you to do, keep doing it. Oh, that's shoving religion in their throat. That is not, it's telling the truth. You know, if you go to school and the teacher tells you that 2 plus 2 is 7, you go tell the teacher every time she mentioned that, uh, uh, ma'am, uh, two plus two is four. Oh, no, 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 it's seven. Oh, no, ma'am, two plus two is four. What do you do when you try to tell them the truth? But it is the truth, right? So we have the gospel. We have the truth. We know it's going to happen to them. Why are we going to, they say, oh, Jesus don't say, oh, they don't care about church. We live. Oh, they, why we stay quiet? We got the truth. So there is a serious rescue uh, uh, there is an urgent rescue. And the gospel is an urgent thing because people are dying. Let me put it this way. If you see someone walking at the edge of a cliff without paying any attention, and you're right there and you see there's a big, sharp thing going down, let's say about two, 300 feet deep, would you tell that, people, that person something? What would you say? Get out of there. You're going to fall. You're going to die. I mean, that's the reality, isn't it? I mean, let's say the person's walking like, let's say it's a wall about this high. It's a big cliff. The person, by this leg like that. And you go, can you get out of there? Because if you fall, guess what? You're done. Gravity will take you down. You know what? Because we see the urgency. If that person falls out of that, out of that cliff, they're going to die. Let's see. Let me put it this way. We live like, you know what? When I die, I told God what, what I, he needs to hear. I just say, push over God, I'm going to heaven. You know, the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then we, we, I mean, we think, we, people really think that they're going to say what they want to God when they get to heaven and say to God, I deserve to be here. It's an urgency to tell people the truth. Okay? Number three. It is a world to reach. Look at John chapter 3. Go to John chapter 3, verse 15. 
that is a world to reach. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave us only begotten son. That whosoever believeth, I'm sorry, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, you know, people read verse 16 and forget verse 17. Look at verse 17. God sent out his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, and God, Jesus didn't come to save the planet, it's to save the people that make the planet. You know, and Jesus came to save no matter who. Call upon him. When it comes to the subject of harvest fields of the world, should we reach just a few folks or reach everybody? What's the answer? Is everybody welcome to the foot of the cross? Is everybody welcome to the Father's table? Of course. Black, white, yellow, blue, whatever they are, no matter what culture, no matter what country, everyone is, can be reached with the gospel. You see the urgency? We ought to reach the world one person at a time. I cannot go to Japan, but I can send Sarah there. I cannot go to India, but I can send Brother Wilson there. You follow that? I cannot go to the local jail, but I can send Brother Frank there. You see that? He's representing us as a church. Missions. You know what? That's the heart of the church. It's the heart of God. God is the greatest missionary who ever lived. Should we stay quiet and just have a good old time in church and hug each other and say, ain't this good? Should we strive not to offend anyone with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ these days? Should we stop knocking on doors, giving tracts, or speak publicly about the Lord Jesus? Should we, should we listen to the voices of society that tells us to keep our religion within, within ourselves? Should we follow this world system of political correctness that only works uh, uh, for them and, 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 for the, uh, and for the things that they want us to believe? Should we exercise our right-given freedom of speech? And express what we believe to, to a world that desperately needs the gospel. Listen, I'm free to speak, right? So let me speak. Let me tell the truth, right? This political correctness thing. John 15, 20 says, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his, than his Lord. If they have they are persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they have kept my saying, they will, keep your, uh, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. You know what Jesus said? When they persecute you, they're persecuting me because of the message that you have. Folks, our mandate is clear. Our mission is, is for us to do what the Lord has commissioned us to do. Some of us might... My use excuses why we should not, but the mandate given by the Lord Jesus is very clear. Now listen, our mandate is not, is not segregated to a specific group of people. Our mandate is to reach all people. Jesus died for all people, and I'm glad about that. I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. No, Jesus died for me too. You know, I'm not a, an American. Uh, well, I'm an American citizen, but I... Portuguese by birth, you know, but he died for me too. 
you know, I can worship, a person can worship Jesus in Portugal, Jesus in Spain, Jesus in, in Italy, Jesus in America, Jesus in South America. It's the same Jesus. He died for all of us. Our mandate is clear. Our mission is real. Our harvest is at hand. Folks, let me remind you that our harvest fields are before us. Number one, reach our Jerusalem. Reach your Jerusalem. Where? Where you are. What is our purpose here? To reach the world. Why do you think we have so many outreaches and, and we, I mean, we should go out more often, to be honest with you, but uh, we... Why do we have the outreaches? Because we want the harvest to come in so we can give them the gospel. Why do we think we have a food pantry? Just to give food out? We give in the name of Jesus, but you know what? We want to reach those people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And some of them have been reached. Plant seeds, water that plant, and then reach them for the Lord Jesus Christ. Reach Jerusalem, reach your Judea. What does that mean? Okay. You live in, uh, I live in North Smithfield. If I go to Providence, I'm going to reach the people in Providence. If I go to East Providence, I'm going to do the same thing. If I go to North Kings, wherever I go, I, I make sure I reach those people where I am. Reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, and of course the other most parts of the earth. I said in the beginning, we're doing some here at the church. We have YouTube, Facebook, we have Sermon Audio. What are you doing with that? Social stuff. You know what? It reaches many people. Thousands of people have listened to us, have watched our service. But not just that. I'm not going to limit to that. I'm going to send missionaries too. You know, we send missionaries. Because you know what? That platform only reached a certain amount of people. Not everybody has, has a, 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 a cell phone. You say, Pastor, get out. We live in a, everybody has a cell phone. No, it's not true. Not everybody has internet. No. Yeah, that's true. Not everybody has internet. There's many people in this world that have much. We think like everybody and I like everybody have everything. No, it's not true. The truth is, not everybody have a car, not everybody have a house. That's the truth. We need to reach, so we reach this people. Now let's go reach other people. You know, you put a plant a church in the community, and you know what? More than likely, everybody in that community go have some part on that. That pastor is going to reach that community. We send our missionaries out. We reach our world. You know, when we do that, there is expenses on that. We need to pray for our missionaries. We need to encourage them. We need to financially be behind them. And praise the Lord for that. So there is a serious uh, rescue. There is an urgent rescue. Uh, there is a world to reach. And number four, there is a truth to be shared. Look what it says in John chapter 8, verse 32. And he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Son, and verse 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Do you realize or even think about it, uh, it that every person is made in the image of God, regardless of nationality, color, or language? Did you realize that God loves every human being on the face of the earth, regardless of how God, or good or bad they are? Actually, I'll go like this. Not, every, not, not a person goes to hell unloved. They might say this this way. Some people say they when they're desperate, discouraged, whatever. They say, oh, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. If I die, nobody even cry for me. That's not true. God loves them. Wasn't that Jesus that, and from the top of the cross said, God, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Right. What they did to Jesus, they put him on the cross. And you know what? 
Jesus was praying for them. No one is in this love on love. God loves his creation. And God loves them so much that he died for them. Did you ever realize that people who died without Jesus Christ as personal Savior would spend eternity in a place of eternal torment called hell? You see, the issue of life and death, heaven and hell, is not a game that churches play to get money, but a serious reality. That is a reality for all of us, and hell is a sure place for all who reject Jesus Christ as personal Savior. I'll tell you this way. If you send a missionary to another country, I said that's when Sarah was here, I said this. I said this. You send a missionary to another country and say that that missionary reaches, let's say, in 10 years reaches one person. And people are going to say, what a waste. Oh, no, it's not a waste. One soul does not go into hell. And when that soul gave a life to Jesus, you know what? The heavens rejoice. Yeah. It was a big celebration in heaven because, it, folks, it is a miracle that someone gets saved. Now let's go to point number five. There is a heaven to gain. So that's our next point. In the Revelation 19, one says, And after these things I heard a voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Folks, if this world is beautiful, Imagine how heaven must be. Heaven is a place of eternal joy in the presence of our great Savior. Heaven is a wonderful place. Heaven is a place where all of us Christians believe and by faith hope that one day when this life is over will be our eternal home. Of course, we're going to our new heaven and a new earth. You know? But if this world is so beautiful, which is, which is, don't tell me this world is not a beautiful world. Did you ever see the, 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 the sceneries of this world? Oh, my goodness. I was on top of Mount Washington. I look at that vast mountains. and Oh, wow. And you speak out and echoes right through that whole thing. It's gorgeous. You ever see Niagara Falls? I can give you. God created a wonderful world for us to, to enjoy. If this world is that wonderful, imagine heaven where God dwells. Imagine heaven. But folks, let me put it this way. Heaven is a reality. Heaven is a place for God's children. Heaven is where we are going. Heaven is our home. Heaven is where God's people go to be with the Lord. And of course, eventually go into our new heaven and our new earth. And of course, the Lord Jesus says, let, let now your heart be troubled. John 14, 1. He believed in God, believed so in me. And he goes, in my Father's house are many mansions. If not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive into myself the way I am, that ye may be also. What a wonderful promise. Now listen, please. Heaven is such a wonderful place that even the unsaved people want to be there. Nobody wants to go to hell. You follow that? Who wants to go to a place of torment? How many of us when a little pain, we run to the doctor? But see, who wants to go there? Nobody wants to go there, but when we present them heaven, they don't want to accept. That displays the heart of man, doesn't it? But I tell you what, we should not get discouraged and stop going or stop telling because oh, nobody wants to listen. Some will, some will listen. 
I conclude with this, folks, tonight. Missions is the heartbeat of our God. The reason, the, the reason, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the reason Jesus came to rescue the human race is a proof of that. He came, took a form of a man, to die for us. So, if mission is the heartbeat of God, let me give you a couple points here. We have a mission to accomplish. I don't know if this is in your outline, but Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Number two, we have a commission to reach all creatures. We commission to reach all creatures. Number three, we have a light to shine. Matthew 5, 14, we have the light of the world. A city that sits on a hill cannot be hidden. Number four, we have a flavor to give. Oh, the flavor of God's words. Did you ever give some, somebody a piece of food and say, when it tasted? Oh, they say, I, I, it looks good. Unless they taste it, they're really going to see how good it is. Let them taste the word of God coming from you. And the Bible says, ye are the salt of the earth. We put flavor of God's word in their mouth. So we have those things. So we, what we do, we have a uh, reaching every nation one by one. Let's try, let's pray that we can put a missionary in every country on this world. That's my biggest dream, believe me, to put a missionary in every country in this world. That were a blessing that would be. But we're going to trust the Lord on that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for your blessings and for your goodness. And Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're using us, our church. Lord, thank you for the giving of God's people, faithfully giving as we continue to reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, bless each one, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going directly to our Lord's Supper tonight.